Man, what is up? What is up? You already know what it is, man. Welcome to another episode of the Vance Barnes Show. I am him. He is me, Glitch Matrix, your host, Vance Barnes, man. Appreciate y'all tapping in with me. Episode 60. We back. We got a big week of, of sports and just talk um, ahead, man. Appreciate y'all tapping in with me. Like we talk about at the top of every podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please go rate, share with your friends, all that good stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, please, please, please go hit that subscribe button right now. Uh, like, comment your favorite stuff, um, and share that as well, man. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Like we said, if you noticed, I said show instead of podcast, man. It's 2023, leveling up, growing, little rebrand. Um, I just realized that I don't want to put myself in a box, right? I don't want to put us... And this this show into a box of just being a podcast, right? If we want to level up and take it to the next, the next thing, wherever it is, five years down the road, ten years down the road, we don't want to just be a podcast, right? We want to be a show. We want to be um, something that everybody can listen to and watch, and honestly, just be uh, entertainment for real talk and, and real sports. Man, I appreciate y'all tapping in with me. Let's get into it. So, man, the big I, I've been gone for the week. Um, you know, but the big topic that right after I literally right after I, I was done podcasting last week um, was Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. You know, we're a week you know into it, and they just announced probably like an hour ago that he's he's going home, uh, back to Buffalo. He's headed back. Everything is great. Um, obviously, he's got a long road ahead of him as far as like heart recovery. Nobody knows exactly what that looks like playing career-wise, but man, it's just, it's a blessing, honestly. It's a blessing that he is okay, that, you know, he can go home, right? It's a blessing that he can go home because for, for a little bit, man, just like me, just like anybody else watching it, just like you guys, we weren't sure what we had just witnessed on that field, right? We weren't sure um, if that was the last time, like just being real, we, didn't, we weren't sure if we just saw a death take place, right? And that was the scary part. We've never seen that. Um, in modern day football, we haven't seen that in sports in general that I can remember, right? Um, something that deep, you see gruesome injuries all the time happen in sports. Um, you saw the Tua Tunga Bailoa thing earlier this year. You see, I, I, I personally see teammates' ankles get snapped. Um, you know, you see all the time, I remember watching the, the season opener between the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, when Gordon Hayward's leg and Paul George in the uh, USA trials, they snapped their legs, man, that was it's scary stuff, but something like that we've never seen before. Um, but man, it's awesome that he's, he's trending towards being, you know, healthy again, and whether or not he plays football is, is kind of irrelevant at this point, man. I think we can all agree that we're just happy that he's healthy and he's headed back home um, with his family. And I believe the biggest thing that we get out of this, right, the biggest thing that I think we took is that when events like this happen on a national stage where the it seems like all of America or all the whole world is watching, right? Um, it seems when something like this happens, it, it brings people together. It really makes people put things and life into perspective, um, at least for a little bit, right? At least for a little bit, because we're all race, no matter race, religion. Like, you just saw something happen to this man, and all you can think about is like, oh my gosh, like he has a family. Um, that cares about him and you're just like please be okay right and i think it shows us how important the power of prayer and or manifestation whichever one you want to believe in whichever way you look at it whether you're religious or not uh the power of manifestation and prayer 
is is real, man. It, it, you come together, and it really looked like, like for an instance, his heart wasn't beating on the on the, on the turf, right? You got to understand that, like for a minute, like he was gone. He was on the field. He was gone, and then they resuscitated him. And not to say that, you know, speak like. I truly believe in the power of prayer and manifestation. And when you get a whole world speaking that into existence and, and praying and, and just saying, be okay, you're gonna be all right, you're gonna be all right. There's something deep within that power, right? And now you're a week later for him to be walking home fine. It's like, man, that's that's powerful stuff. And you can't write it as the NFL, like the Bills yesterday um, in their game go on and Naheem Hines takes the opening kickoff back right after they got done doing a tribute to DeMar. Um, you know, he takes the opening kickback for a touchdown. Then he takes another one back in the second half. And it's, man, you just can't, you can't write those stories, man. You can't write those stories. There's only one person, uh, the man upstairs, that can write this type, this type of stuff. Um, but I think it just shows the, the power of words and the power of the tongue, right? There's a very old saying about how language are, are spells, right? How language and speaking are spells, uh, thus the, the phrase spelling, right? You spell words, spelling, you're putting a spell on things, right? Um, who knows how true that is or what that even, like who knows how true that is, but it kind of makes sense, right? You know, it kind of makes sense. Um, we see so many things in our life, whether they're on purpose or not, that we speak into existence and whether we know it or not, right? Um, we speak things into existence a lot and even more within our lives than we know, whether it's something small, whether it's something big, there's a lot of manifestation, a lot of things that you speak into existence, positive or negative, that goes on within our daily lives, right? And like I just mentioned, not just looking at the positive either, like looking at, like look at the negative, like pay attention to the certain things that you speak into your life, you know, this upcoming week, this upcoming month, this upcoming year of 2023, pay attention to what you speak and look at how many things form and take place, whether they happen right away, whether they happen in a few weeks, a few months, or like years down the road, like pay attention to what you talk about and what you speak. Um, also negative, right? Also negative, be conscious of what negative things you're saying because those things um, can manifest themselves as well. There's a, a famous quote by Confucius, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of it, but it, 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 he basically said, the man that says he can and the man that says he cannot are both correct, right? I'm gonna say it again, the man that says he can and the man that says he cannot are both correct. Now, do with that information or with that quote as you may, but it's basically saying like, you know, if you believe and you speak into something positive, like you're usually right, it usually comes to fruition, but the person who also doesn't believe and they speak negative um, about their situation or what they can't do or what they think they can't do, they're usually right too, like they usually turn out to be right. Um, you know, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. Um, if you're an early listener, you know I've, I've even talked about it. I came in here uh, with PMB Rock passed away rest in peace to him but when it is literally your job right to speak on a mic whether you're an actor a comedian a musician like a rapper um somebody on tv and an analysis right when it's literally your job to speak to people and speak into a mic you have to be careful 
with what you manifest and what you put into this world by what you say through your through your tongue, right? Um, we literally see it all the time in rap music. You know, we're losing way too many rappers, and we'll get back to sports, but that's the the you know intersection between sports and life. Right now, we're getting into the real stuff. We're losing way too many rappers nowadays to violence, to drugs, and it's no coincidence that the music over the years has gotten way more violent, way more drug heavy as well, right? Um, these guys, without even knowing it, without even being conscious of it, are just speaking things into existence through their lyrics, like rapping more and more about guns and violence and, and drugs, and it's, it's somehow not a coincidence that it's manifested itself you know, into the hip hop community more than ever, right? I, I was born in 97. I, Pac died in 96, Big died in 97 a few years before, or a few months before I was born. So I obviously wasn't alive for those. But if you've ever like watched a documentary or if you've ever read up on that, on those two stories, and I'm sure every hip hop fan has at one point because they're so big and there's so many documentaries out there about them you realize that how big of a, like, yes, they were the two biggest stars in rap music, right? But how big and how, like, much of an anomaly that was that, oh my gosh, these guys got killed in some real street stuff. Like, they, these guys were young, they died, they got shot, right? But nowadays, it seems like rappers are getting killed every other month, every few months, you know what I mean? Every year you hear a big name artist uh, especially the past few years, gone to violence or to drugs or to whatever it is that they're speaking about, right? I know a lot of these guys are probably like, I'm just speaking what I what I grew up about. I'm just speaking about what we live. Um, a lot of these guys are, you know, a lot of these guys. I'll tell you too, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that stuff. I just, I just rap about it, right? But in a way, like I said, the power of the tongue, you're gonna manifest whatever it is you speak into the world. Whatever it is you speak into existence essentially is going to manifest itself around you, right? I mean, I'm going to read down some of the names, just the, kind of the bigger names of, of people we've lost in the past, you know, a few decades uh, in rap music. And just real quick, Tupac, Biggie, Big L, DJ Screw, Jam Master J, Old Dirty Bastard, Lil Snoop, ASAP Yams, uh, XXX, Tation, Mac Miller, Nipsey Hussle, Juice World, Pop Smoke, King Von, DMX, Young Dolph, PNB Rock, and most recently Takeoff, right? That was a, I, I did it pretty fast, but that was a lot of names, right? That was a, a, a ton of names that all passed from violence or drugs in one or the other. And those just being the notable rappers, right? Those just being the ones that are kind of bigger names. What other profession in the world do you know you can say that about, right? What other, like, it's, ironic like that there's only one profession that constantly talks about drugs and guns and, and violence and all this stuff and now to every negative thing that happens in in rap there's 10 times more positive stuff right i, I don't want to take away from that but this is the subject that we're talking about there's obviously 10 times more positive manifestation like buying mom's a crib uh going out like this, taking our vacation, doing this, doing this with your life, success. There's 10X more positive things than there are negative being talked about and manifested through hip hop. But when somebody loses their life to something so senseless as gun violence or overdoses, right? It kind of, in a way, 
overshadows all the positive stuff because it again it's the power of the tongue what are you speaking about what are you manifesting and speaking into existence into this world right so man back to sports we're back on the sports i mean nfl week 18 recap Ugh. There's not a lot of, of storylines here. There, there are a few big ones, but you know, that last week of the NFL season when some guys are resting or some teams are resting players, you know, some teams are in it, out of it already. Like it, there's not a lot to talk about, but there are really great things to talk about with the certain big games that you like must win games for guys to get into the playoffs, right? This first one being Detroit versus Green Bay. Now Detroit, um, the Packers lose a must game, a must win game to, to the Lions that, you know, they Detroit already knew going into the game about an hour before kickoff. Dan Campbell told the team that, hey, Seattle won. Uh, we're no longer going to be able to make the playoffs because Detroit needed Seattle to lose. Um, but Seattle had beat L.A. Detroit knew they wouldn't, you know, be able to make the playoffs. But Dan Campbell said it earlier on in the week. He said if Seattle wins that three o'clock game, us as a team, we're still going in with the mindset as it's us or nobody. And I, I love that mindset, right? I love I, I love that because you're building a culture. You're building a standard for your team. Like we're winners, we're winners. And that's and this is what we're gonna stand on. We're not just gonna go out here and, and give the game away, but let somebody else, if we can ruin somebody else's chance to get into the playoffs, that's a, that's a win in our books, right? Um, and like I said, I, I, I think it says a lot about how this team battles I think it says a lot about how much this team is bought into Dan Campbell as the head coach. You know, I have a, a great friend and teammate that I play with, Shane Zostra, that, you know, talks extremely highly of Coach Campbell and the things that he does around that organization. Um, and for him to have that mentality and tell him to start the week, yeah, rather, if Seattle loses and we can't get in, it's us or nobody. And that's how we're going to approach this game no matter what. And you can see it right away. Like, I remember Detroit making a, an early first quarter, fourth down and one stop. And they ended up going getting a field goal out of it. And those guys were juiced. Those guys were pumped, ready to go. That defense was, was physical. Um, man, it, it, it they were ready to play. Even though they weren't out, they were ready to play. And it was looking like, so we go into the game, it's looking like the Packers um, are about to run the table again. It's looking like Aaron Rodgers is going to show the world why he's one of the best to ever do it. Don't question him. It goes all the way back to a few years ago when he told the world to relax. Um, he, it looked like they were about to run the table and, you know, they had a chance and they held their destiny in their hands, right? Um, but it, it seems like that, that Green Bay Packer luck just kind of ran out against a, a young Lions team who honestly had their number all year. And I think you it saw it with, uh, what's his name? Kirby Joseph, the young safety in Detroit, great player. He's picked off, he's the only player in NFL history to pick off Aaron Rodgers three times in a, in a regular season. Now, let's really, really only the Vikings, Bears, and Lions can do that because they play him twice a year. But yeah, he should have had four. He had one get called back because of defensive illegal hands to the face. And I think that was the epitome of, the, of that, like Detroit and Green Bay all years that, he had his he had Aaron Rodgers' number and Detroit had Green Bay's number all year, right? Um, I think this year you just saw that Packers offense, man, they just really missed Devontae Adams. They really missed Devontae Adams and not having arguably the best wide receiver in the game um, to win those one-on-one -on -one matchups 90% of the time. 
it hurts you, right? It hurts you as an offense. It, hurt, it hurts Aaron Rodgers as great as he is. And it was funny, I was thinking about this today, about how you saw two, arguably two of the best receivers, two of the top three receivers. I'll put Jettas in there. Jettas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, no specific order. But Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill both leaving their <clears throat> Hall of Fame quarterback. <clears throat> their Hall of Fame quarterback, um, Hall of Fame organizations, um, you know, for another team, right? Game being two of the highest paid player receivers ever. And Devontae Adams and Tyreek didn't miss a beat. Now, on the other hand, Patrick Mahomes didn't miss a beat either, but you saw how really it hurt um, Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense not having Devontae, right? Losing Tyreek really didn't hurt the Chiefs. Like in certain situations, you definitely miss that deep throw that can go make plays, but Mahomes and, and Tyreek did their thing still. Devontae Adams, they didn't win in Las Vegas, but he set the single season record in, in yardage over there in Las Vegas. Um, he still did his thing. This not having him truly hurt Aaron Rodgers in that Packers offense. Um, you know, kicking three field goals in the first half hurts you. It, it, last night, it, you see why teams go for it on fourth down in, in the red zone and the Packers tried to go for it on fourth down in their own territory and Detroit stopped them and they were able to get a field goal out of it, but not being able to put those touchdowns on the board, you see are crucial in late games because um, Detroit had the long pass to Jamison Williams that, Williams that got called back. Um, and then they were able to capitalize again with two Jamal Williams touchdowns. Um, but, you know, it, not having those touchdowns really hurt Green Bay. You know, their run game was working but it just seemed like they couldn't get off, like they couldn't keep drive moving and in most of the third downs, right? Aiden Hutchinson was putting on a clinic. He was putting on a clinic, getting pressure on Rodgers all night um, when they were when he was lined up on that other side of uh, David Bakhtiari. He was getting pressured. He had two sacks last night. Um, Rodgers also throwing a pick and Aaron Jones fumbling really hurt them as well because I think the Aaron Jones fumble, they were driving pretty well too. The Aaron Rodgers pick, you know, he was getting pressured. He was he got hit, just threw it up um, for grabs, basically, and the safety came over and picked easy pick. But, you know, those two turnovers didn't help as well. And I know that there's a lot of speculation whether or not Aaron will be back next year. And if that's the case, honestly, the Packers better just be able – they better be ready to go into full rebuild mode. I'm talking about, you know, maybe you, you trade – I don't know if they – just sign Aaron Jones to an extension. Maybe try to get see what you can get for him. Um, you see what you got in Jordan Love at quarterback, but if Aaron's gone, I think Packer fans probably should, you know, gear up for a rough next three or four years. And that's just the reality of the NFL. You know, you saw it with Jacksonville. You saw it with Detroit for a while. Like teams, it's just, when you it's time to rebuild, it's gonna take a little bit, right? They got some young pieces on defense. Um, you know, they got a promising deep threat at receiver with Christian Watson. But, you know, like I said, if, if, if A-Rod leaves, it's it's time for uh, next three years of, of struggle at least. And I was thinking in that case, right, in that case, do you keep LaFleur? I mean, he's a great coach, but if you're planning on doing this rebuild, it's just about do you, does he want to be there, right? Does he want to be there through the rebuild? And is he your guy, right? Because like I said, it's a three or four year plan. It's like, you know, we're not gonna gonna fire you 
we want to rebuild this thing and see how we can grow it and you keep growing it that's why it was a little weird that houston fired lovey smith they did this two years in a row fired their head coach first year head coach um after two it's clearly a rebuild in houston um, i don't know that was a weird situation but like i said if you're planning on rebuild you just got to figure out who you want running a team it's not that he's doing a bad job before is a great coach it's just you know what are we going to do? Do we need him? Like, does he want to be here? Do we want him to be the guy for this rebuild? Um, a lot of tough decisions, right? A lot of tough decisions. And this is where I get my hot takes come in. Because I think the Packers were just like a year late. I think they were a year late. Maybe they should have, um, if they were, they should have re-signed Devontae, tried to at least. I know he they tried, but maybe he wanted to go to Las Vegas. Get, maybe they should have thrown some more money his way. But if they were going to, I think this year they were probably should have let Aaron Rodgers walk or, or shift him out probably because you know there's some great quarterback coming out in this draft class with with Bryce Young CJ Stroud um the dude from Kentucky Will Levis but you know maybe they can I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers has a no trade clause that I assume he does uh, maybe they can waive that and Maybe they trade him to a team like Seattle or, or even Las Vegas, going back with Devontae. Maybe they tr trade him to those teams and try to get up in the mix for one of those big three quarterbacks. You know, I know there's been a lot of talk about maybe Tom Brady going to the Raiders after the season. Um, you know, I know Pete Carroll would love to have Aaron Rodgers over there with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But, I mean, we're, we'll, we'll see. You know, you got to see what you got in Jordan Love for a year. I think, if, like I said, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, it's, it's time for a full rebuild. And, and, and really the last big story of, of yesterday was that Dallas looked completely awful, right? They just looked awful in their final game where they didn't rest any of their starters. I think they pulled some guys late in the game when they were already down, but a 26-6 to loss um, to a Washington team that's hard coach. I, I feel like Ron Rivera is a great coach too. He went to the Super Bowl with, with Carolina. He took that team there and they had Cam Newton. I think he's a great coach too that just like Dan Campbell that that team's in a fight right um but I know that loss was not a great feeling for that organization or that fan base honestly um Dak also not playing well after he was vocal all week about limiting the turnovers um throwing another pick I know you know it has to be kind of demoralizing for him but it it, it happens um I know for that fan base you know, it's that's not what you want to see going into the playoffs, and especially not only what you want to see when next week you got to go to Tampa Bay and see the GOAT, right? I don't care how bad the Bucks have looked this year. Um, I don't care what, even if they're going into the, the playoffs 8-9 and nine with a losing record and, and just winning that NFC South division that wasn't very good. It's still Tom Brady, right? It's still the GOAT. And when you, whenever you have, I always say, whenever you have him, or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes on your team, you guys have a shot to win the game, right? I don't care who's lining up at receiver, I don't care who's on defense. Whenever you have those three guys, you have a shot to win the game. And, you know, I say this all the time within sport and life that the mental hump you have to get over is way harder than the physical one, right? The Cowboys are 12, uh, what were they, 12 and five. You know, they're obviously a great team with a great defense, Micah Parsons and those boys on D. But in regular life, it may be that mental hump of imposter syndrome, right? It may be 
believing and being confident in your abilities to perform, to perform at a high level that you know you can perform at, um, but getting over that mental hump yourself, right? Or in life, when it seems like you're seemingly taking L after L after L, sometimes it can be hard to like convince yourself that you deserve this win, that you deserve better for your life and for yourself. You know, the Cowboys have a mental hump to get over a playing well in the playoffs, right? And putting it all together late in the season. You know, they haven't made it past, and this, this stat shocked me when I looked it up, they haven't made it past the divisional round since 1995, right? 19, it's almost 30 years. Uh, they beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl, uh, in that 1996 Super Bowl, but they haven't made it past the divisional round since 1995. That's almost a 30-year a drought of not even making it to the conference championship after building, you know, the, uh, a dynasty with Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, and Emmett uh, Smith. I almost said Emmett Till. Wow, uh, Emmett Smith in the early '90s. Um, you know, I think, and even you know, the Cowboys. You saw it in the UFC, right? Israel Adesanya this past year dominates the UFC middleweight division since he's gotten here. Um, he had one loss prior, and that was to I forgot his name, Jan Blahovich in went up a class the light heavyweight but you know and here comes his, his nemesis his uh his biggest rival when they were doing kickboxing was Alex Pereira right the same guy who defeated him twice earlier in his career in kickboxing like I said he had Adesanya's number that was Adesanya's biggest challenge during his kickboxing Adesanya comes over to the UFC dominates the middleweight division and then who comes you know years later Alex Pereira he has a few fights knock some guys out, all of a sudden he gets a title shot, and you could see it right away, like, Adesanya came out, and he wasn't as flashy, he wasn't as flamboyant and playful as he usually is when he's walking to the ring, and I could tell right away, I was like, oh, this guy's he's locked in, because like, he knows, like, this is my hump, this is my mental hump I have to get over, right, he beat me twice, he knocked me out once, he beat me twice, now he's coming into my territory to try and take my belt, like, he knew it wasn't going to be a cakewalk, and... Adesanya was was winning for most of the fight, right? He was winning for most of the fight, but just got clipped a couple times in the last round, the fifth round, and you know, basically got you know TKO, knocked out, um, and I just right away I was like, man, I could tell on Adesanya's face, like he's a he's a champ, he's a true champ, so he's not gonna show it, and he's not gonna go in, the, in the interviews and make excuses, but you could tell he was like, I let that one slip. That was a mental hump that he, I knew he wanted to get over so bad, but he just, he couldn't. And hopefully, you know, they, they're going to rematch and get it done. But just another example of, of mental humps. And the, the Cowboys, they got one of, it starts with Tampa Bay, right? It starts with Tampa Bay and seeing if they can get over that hump of, of playing well, putting it all together and making this playoff run, right? Man, with that being said, appreciate y'all tapping in with me. Episode 60, you made this far, man. Like I said, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Episode 60, man. Appreciate you tapping into the show. Until next time. Peace.